We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to be back on today. I have a, another guest today who I'm super excited to talk about, the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers, uh, Joe Cashin, who is the play-by-play guy for the Shants. Thank you, Joe, for joining me. Bobby, thanks for having me on. This ought to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. If you would, go ahead and tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm the uh, play-by-play voice for Coastal Football. I've been doing that since 2014. It's been a lot of fun. I, I was, you know, for 11 seasons, I was on the field as a field reporter when, you know, when we started in 03. And then uh, when our AD, current AD, and the former voice of the Shawna Clears, Matt Hogue, got promoted to AD, he asked me if I would come up and handle play-by-play for football. And I said, <laughs> are you kidding? Heck yeah, I'd love to do that. So since 2014, I've been upstairs and been incredibly blessed, Bobby, honestly, to, to see all that I've seen and have the moments, you know, getting to know the players and the coaches. It's just been a lot of fun and, you know, looking forward to, to season number nine. You're coming up in a, about a month and a half or so. Absolutely. It, it just – and we'll get into – into the it's the 20th anniversary of coastal carolina football this year which is amazing how quickly this program has grown just in a in a short time frame really Uh, just just an amazing thing it really is you know we started like i said in 2003 and started from scratch and we've had three coaches who have just been wildly successful and you know, before we started recording, I kind of told you that that's an anomaly. You don't see that very often. Absolutely. The kind of continuity and success that we've had, you know, now for 19 seasons. It started back in 03 with David Bennett. He came in and, you know, got that first recruiting class, and, and we had a, a winning record right out of the gate at 6-5. and five. I, There's still a lot of memories I have of that season. It was so much fun. I didn't really know what I'd gotten myself into. First time I'd ever been on a college football broadcast, but we had a lot of young talent back then and, and he won 63 games in nine seasons and went to the playoffs and won the conference championship four times and you know just got off to a great start and then of course he was followed up by Joe Moglia who came in in 2012 and you know he won a bunch of games took us to the playoffs again and we got some playoff wins finally you know under coach Moglia and then when he you know, tra- you know transitioned out he kind of was the one who helped usher us into the FBS era and he brought Jamie Chadwell in well, Jamie has just been incredibly successful. If you just, you know, anybody who's seen us the last couple of years, but you know, especially the 22 wins here in 2020 and 2021, I mean, it, it's it's been great to, to have all this success. I mean, we won 65 percent of our games in 19 years, and that's not there. There aren't too many programs out there in in the country that can say over the last 20 years that they've won that many games, but we're one of them. So we're ushering in season 20. This coming year we got a lot of stuff planned too you know a lot of stuff for our broadcast and our podcast and it's going to be a lot of fun kind of going back and looking at some of the old memories some of the games that we played and and won the big moments 
uh, great players, you know, milestones and whatnot. But, uh, you know, it, it has really been just an incredible 19 seasons. You know, just to have been around to cover the football program and then watch the growth of the university, too. Mm-hmm. You know, so many you know, programs, new programs and buildings and facilities and people, you know, student growth. I mean, there's just so much good that's, you know, come out of, you know, starting the football program and then watching the university kind of grow along with it. So it's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. I mean, every time I come down to Myrtle Beach into Conway, into Conway, I, I feel like there's something new on campus. It's just crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, yeah, and, and the, you know, the stadium itself. Mm-hmm. You know, we played that first game in, in a stadium that you know had a capacity of about, I think it was sixty four hundred or something like that, and then we could get students, you know, in on the on a grass hill, a grass hill where our field house is now, and now we've got a stadium, you know, that, that has the teal turf, which is known from see the shining sea, and we've yep. got about twenty thousand that we can get in there now. So I mean, just just the, you know, the growth of the stadium too has really, really been amazing to watch. And there is nothing more beautiful than the teal turf. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. I will say, though, it will present a challenge to you because where the press box is situated in Brooks Stadium, we get the sun right in on oh, us at certain no. times, and it kind of bounces <laughs> off that turf. And <laughs> we, We've had some challenges, but, I mean, yeah, it really looks good out there. It, it couldn't be a grass field. I've seen you, You've seen some of these mm-hmm. crazy-looking fields across college football and whatnot, gray fields, and eastern Washington has that blood red, and mm-hmm. you got some of these other things. If it can't be green, teal, obviously, is the way to go. It, so, yeah, I mean, I, I love the field and love what it represents and kind of love how it brands us, you know, across the country. That teal turf is what made a guy like me who lives in central Illinois excited about Coastal Carolina. I, I, I was kind of telling you before we got on, like, I started, like, following the shots, like, about eight years ago or so, just because I visited the campus and I just saw just the teal turf and teal everything. I mean, and it was just like, this is so cool. Like, I have to follow this and see where it goes and just to see where it's gone. And that short time frame has just been unbelievable. Oh, there you go. I mean, there's a there's a fan, there's a genesis of a fan right there, you right. Know, from the teal turf. I mean, we we have teal Tuesdays every, you know, every every Tuesday of every week, and it's it's just a way again to kind of set ourselves apart and brand ourselves and tell the nation, hey, you know, here's Coastal Carolina. We're a national brand, which we are. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and that that turf goes a long way in doing that. One hundred percent. And you you were talking about you you host a podcast uh, with the strut podcast uh, uh i just i love your guys show and what you guys do and just uh can you you want to discuss that a little bit yeah i mean we started something last year you know off the success of 2020 there really wasn't a coastal football centric podcast and a couple of guys steve shilders and travis danley it was really kind of their idea and i i got in more or less on the back end of it. I kind of joined them. Uh, Steve is a, is a longtime Coastal fan. He's an alum. He was there, you know, September 6, 2003, night of our first game. I mean, just a, a big-time supporter of the university, alumni and whatnot. Travis Danley was there September 6, 2003 as a player. He's obviously an alum. He's, he's in the community, and, and uh, he, he kind of has that player perspective that he can bring to the table. 
And then I was there September 6, 2003. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm you know, referring to our first game against Newberry back in the day. I was there as a sideline reporter for radio. So I kind of bring the, you know, the, the radio look, the mm-hmm. look from above now from the press box with you know, the access that I can get with the coaches and players. And, and we kind of came together and said, look, you know, we want to do something a little different than maybe just you know, hanging out on, on message boards and talking, you know, that kind of thing. We, we, we want to get out there and talk. Right, we want to have mm-hmm. a, a podcast, an informative podcast, where we get guests on and we talk coastal football and we break games down and you know, we talk about what just happened. And we preview what's coming up and just have some fun with it, kind of be fun and irreverent about it. And, and it was really a blast to do that last year. You know, just get on and just start talking. You know, have some fun. I mean, of course, who doesn't have fun when you're watching the team that's winning Absolutely. 22 games in two years, right? <laughs> right. So, yeah, we, we just get on there, and, of course, we have a little bit of a plan. We had a planning session earlier this week where we got a lot of lot of stuff coming up. You know, again, the 20th anniversary season's coming up, and we've got guests that we want to get and, you know, and, and just have a, have a big-time year. And, and, you know, the Strut Podcast is something that we feel like is a good vehicle, you know, to do that. And, and we, again, have had a lot of fun with it. We're going to see where it goes. I mean, you can, you know, people can follow us at – the Strut Podcast on Twitter, you know, same thing on Instagram, the Strut Podcast on Facebook. We also have a, a blog site, the Strutpodcast.wordpress.com. So if anybody wants to check that out and follow us and join us, we'd love to love to have you come along for the ride on, on another year of the Strut. So it's it's been a been a lot of fun and looking forward to another season of it. I can I can speak to that. I, I everybody who listens to me, I, I highly recommend listening to those guys. They do a fantastic job. Well, thank you. How? And there's more of those guys than me. I'm just I'm you know those guys are the ones. It was their brainchild, and I just kind of jumped in, and I just try to try to contribute where I can with that mm-hmm. thing. So and again, we have a lot of fun with it. And I think fun is the best way to, to just talk about Coastal Carolina. I mean, I, as I'm a former coach myself, and just you can't fake the fun and the passion that Coach Chadwell has created within that program. Nobody has more fun than Coastal football. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what we like to say. And I'll tell you, you know, one of the, one of the things, and there's so many things that these guys do that you just wonder, where do they come up with this stuff? I mean, the, the post-game celebrations in the locker room. The best one I've ever seen, though, was Joey Chestnut yes. showing up last year <laughs> at our Texas State game. I, I'm sitting at the coach. I'm sitting in Jamie's office Friday night before the game to interview him. I have no idea what's going on. And next thing I know, I'm waiting on coaches to come walking in and, and – Next thing I know, here comes Joey Chestnut walking in with that belt. I'm like, what in the world is Joey Chestnut doing here? What is going on? <laughs> and the next thing, you know, they, they explained to me that we're going to have a pizza eating contest with the players and Joey Chestnut if we win this game. And I'm just rolling on the floor laughing. I'm like, who thinks of this stuff? This is so funny and awesome. You know? Who has more fun than us? And, right. of course, you know, we, we win the game against Texas State. They have the pizza eating contest. And, you know, we... Well, everybody in China Clear you know, land out there has adopted Joey Chestnut. You know, we want to see him win. Of course, he won the other day. Right, <laughs> yes, he again. did. Chuck got a prop protester in the process. Right. For him and, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was it, it's wild. But, you know, that, that is just one thing that we do, one thing that we've done. That they just have and make, you know, make it fun for the kids. You want to have fun. Right. You know, you want to have fun with what you're doing. If you're not having fun, find something else to do. But our guys have so much fun, so much fun to cover. 100 percent and 
Coach Colton Corn, who I've become good friends with, deserves an award, an award <laughs> for that. That whole, that whole. Uh, I mean, just if you haven't seen that, guys, go on social media and look look into that. I mean, it's just an amazing, an amazing thing that they did there. Hilarious. I mean, it's hilarious. It's fun. It's you know, out of the box. It's a whole lot of things. You know, a whole, mm-hmm. a whole lot of things. How, how did you become a play-by-play guy? Wow, you know, that's a uh, – you know, I jumped into it feet first about, gosh, 21, 22 years ago. I was not classically trained and as, a, you know, as a college student, as a, as a J school broadcast, you know, kind of person. That's not how I did it. I mean, I, you know, I, I went to college, but I didn't study broadcasting. I actually went regular Army for a few years, got out, got married, uh, and then a few years into a job after getting out, you know, I'd always wanted to do play-by-play on the radio. I grew up listening to it because it was so fascinating. And the best of the best could always paint that picture, you know, that mm-hmm. you could just see what's going on out there. You don't have to watch it, but you could see it. And I always thought, you know, I'd love to give this a shot one day. And, you know, when my wife and I moved back to, to South Carolina, when I got off active duty, we would hear local games on the radio. That's one of the great things about our local county, where we are in Kershaw County, I mean, we're still a, a hometown, you know, Americana radio station, and I would listen to games on the radio, and, and some of those guys were pretty good, and, and, and some I thought, you know, if that guy can do it, I can do it. You know, isn't that what everybody thinks? You know, mm-hmm. I can coach a football team, or I could be <laughs> right. a better cook than this guy. But, you know, I thought, you know, if this person can do this, I bet I could too. Well, I knew the, I knew the, uh, the guy that owned the radio station was a general manager, and I just ran into him one night, randomly at a restaurant I, was, I think i was about 30 years old when this happened and I, I went up to him and just out of the blue i said you know this was in january of 99 i said chris and this was his name chris i said if you ever need any help with doing games i would i would love to just jump in and, and see and i wasn't expecting anything i thought yeah you know well, i'll give you a call one day that would never happen he looked at me and said what are you doing tomorrow night <laughs> i said Huh? Yeah, what are you doing tomorrow night? I said, well, I guess nothing. And he said, well, okay, why don't you come help me do a, a girls' basketball game? Because this was basketball season. Of course, you know, the station was putting on all the local sports. And I said, okay, yeah. So the very next night, I had a headset on for the first time, and it just kind of took off from there. And eventually, you know, I did color analysis that night. I jumped into play-by-play and, and eventually got hired at that station, you know, to, to sell ads and, you know, do ball games, football, basketball, uh, baseball, softball, uh, little league baseball, whatever you know, whatever we could put on locally. You know, remotes, parades, all that kind of stuff. And you know, that's kind of how I got into, into, into doing play by play, doing a lot of local sports. And then, you know, eventually that led into uh, you know, kind of reaching out to Coastal and seeing what they were doing for their football broadcast. A couple of years later, you know, Matt, I'm you know, I, I reached out and made contact with Matt Hogue. Again, he was the, the voice of the Mashana Clears at the time, and we, we met, hit it off, and he offered me a spot on the on the radio broadcast for Coastal Football, and I, I jumped all over that. I said, absolutely, I'll do that. Sideline reporting and, you know, pregame show stuff, interviews, and that, that kind of thing. Yeah, I'll take that. That's, you know, in, in, in about five minutes how, I, <laughs> how it all came to be. That's that's amazing though that you literally ask the question and the next day you're doing it. That's really cool. <laughs> I, I did, true story, true story. I mean, I was not expecting 
Yeah, I certainly wasn't expecting that, that right. fast. You know, right. I just kind of thought, you know, I just kind of did it on a whim. Just kind of, hey, if you ever need help, just let me know. What are you doing tomorrow night? I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess I just cleared my calendar. If I really want to do it, then I'll be with you. So That's so cool. I, I love hearing that. That's just an amazing story. I, I got a great question from one of my li- listeners. Uh, being a play-by-play guy, when your team is losing bad, now luckily you don't have to worry about this very often with Coastal Carolina, but when they, when they're losing bad, how do you handle that situation? And then this one more so relates to Coastal, like being up big like last year against UMass or in other situations too. Like when you're up big, how do you, as a play-by-play guy, keep it interesting for your listeners? I think it's two things, and I've been on both ends of the spectrum. You, you do this enough, and you're going to have blowout losses, and you're mm-hmm. going to win big. I think it's you know, professionalism and perspective. You know, you want to be professional about it. If you're Absolutely. losing, you know, you don't want to be overly negative because that, you know, you can't be that way. You've got to just describe what's going on out there, and you certainly don't want to take shots at the kids. You don't want to rip the coaches for bad play calls. You don't want to hammer the officials because they missed that holding call right there. Just describe what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, just be professional about it. I, I hear, you know, from time to time, get announcers who, you know, when their team gets down, they just get all down to the dumps, and they almost sound like a fan. And you right. really don't want to sound like that. You don't want to do that at all. I mean, you're, you're there to deliver a product and be as professional as you can about it. And, and and I would say the same thing if you're winning big too. You don't want to take shots at the other team, and you know, and and, and not look like you you know you don't have any grace about you. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, because you're going to lose sometimes, you're going to win, right? I mean, and that's where the perspective comes in. I mean, it's a game, right? It's a game. Mm-hmm. At, at the grand scheme of eternity, it's a game. Now, coaches and players <laughs> who have a whole lot more invested in sweat equity would disagree, and they've got a lot more on the line than what I've got. But I mean, professionalism. And, and perspective. You just got to keep everything in perspective. And if you do that, I think I think you're going to be fine. The, the hardest, what's harder than that, though, dealing with those situations is the walk off loss. That's what you. That's what the tough part mm. about being a broadcaster. I've had six walk off losses <laughs> <laughs> since I became, you know, the play by play permanent guy in 2014. And they have. I mean, that is a tough tough thing to deal with because you're emotionally invested right and you're, you're down to the wire in a game and you want your team to win and you get beat on the last play of the game you, you just got to keep talking i mean you got to keep talking and be upbeat and say stay tuned next for the post-game report and don't sit there and pout right you know or crying over spilled milk and that kind of stuff that is that's the toughest thing and, you know last year the appalachian state game i mean mm-hmm. that was oh jeez you yeah. know Riding up the mountain that day, I was convinced we were winning that game. I mean, we were six and zero. We were rolling along. You know, Ab just they just got killed down in Louisiana, and we're going to their place. And I'm just as confident as I could be. We're going to go win this game. There's no doubt in my mind. And we get up fourteen nothing on that crowd, and I'm thinking, yep, this is yep. this is exactly how I thought this was going to go. <laughs> yep. And then the next thing you know, it changed, right? And so yeah. we get in a dogfight, and it goes down to the wire, and we have a chance there with a late fumble recovery. We can't go anywhere. You know, then they drive it down there, and you know what's coming. I mean, you, you can see it. You can see what's coming, that yeah. they're going to run that thing down and kick a field goal, and there's not a thing you can do about it except watch it and describe it. Yeah. You know, and that's what happened. You know, that's, that's, that's what they did, and that was tough, but you got to get through it. You know, you got to just, you know, 
plow on and be professional and you know go you know go shake the other guy's hand when it's all over with and say hey you know got us absolutely (laughs) what what's the best part of your job oh wow you know that's uh and then i I looked at that and i I looked at that question i mean there's so many good things i mean i being behind the scenes and just you know spending time with the coaches and players i think you know when you Mm -hmm. you load up on that team charter and you're flying somewhere and you get to the hotel and you just kind of hang out a little bit just kind of you know, get to know them a little bit. I mean, doing the games, you know, that, that's fun. That's a really fun part of this thing, obviously, you know, especially when you win. But I think, you know, developing relationships and getting to know, you know, getting to know the people that, that are, are kind of behind the scenes, so to speak, mm-hmm. right? You get that behind the scenes look that, that most people don't get a chance to do. I mean, that's that's been a really fun part of all this, really fun for me to get to know people. And then be able to tell some of those stories too, when when you, you hear about things that other people may not know. Right. And tell those stories, you know, to, to get personal and and you know be able to spend some time. And then of course, you know, you put the headset on and game kicks off, and and you're into the game, and you kind of lose yourself in the game, right? right? And right. And it's going back and forth, and just you, you don't you don't know how it's going to turn out. I mean, sports, they, the scripts that sports writes, you know, nobody could ever come up with some of the things that I've seen. Absolutely. Or broadcasters in general, I guarantee it. I mean, some of the things I've seen through the years, you could, you'd never in a million years think that that was going to happen, but it did. <laughs> you know, and that kind of uncertainty is a lot of fun. You just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, sometimes 100%. that's good, sometimes that's bad. That's <laughs> but that's I, I consider it fun. You know, I, I think that's a, a really fun aspect of all this. Absolutely, and one of the one of the guys that I really have grown to love with coastal football, and I had on my show earlier was C.J. Brewer. Just like getting to know him and just talking with oh, him. Oh man, he's, yeah. he's just an amazing guy. He is such a great individual, and I think even better off the field than all. I mean, I such agree. a <laughs> such a class act, you know. And he he was one of the guys. He was one of our super seniors last year that kind of came in. And he was one that kind of helped us through those tough years transitioning to the FBS from the FCS. I mean, he was one of those last recruits, and, and he's such a tough, tough kid. And that bowl game last year, I mean, he got hurt. And he mm-hmm. still went out there, and he gutted it out, and he helped us in that fourth quarter you know, until he finally just couldn't go anymore. I mean, he was just so banged up. But he wasn't, he wasn't coming off that field. He wasn't coming off that field. He right. just wasn't. And I just, you know, where he he is one we're definitely going to miss this year from right. a leadership standpoint and a, you know, a player standpoint as well. But you know, CJ's great, great young man. Absolutely. I mean, when I interviewed him, I was just like, man, this this is a guy. Even if he doesn't play football, he's going to do something fantastic. <laughs> no question about that. Totally agree. What What is your favorite moment as a coastal sports fan and being a part of it? <laughs> I'm very blessed, and I can say that there are a whole bunch of them, mm-hmm. right, in the, in the 20 years that, that I've done this. A lot of them, obviously, most of them, not all around football, you know, because that's that's been my primary focus. I guess I would give I would give you two, uh, kind of one A and one B, because I'll kind of I want to put them together because I think they were, you know, for for the, for each individual program they were. There were milestones. June 30th, 2016, had, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, there, there's nothing better if right. you're a Coastal fan, alumni, 
you know, whatever you are affiliated with Coastal, you know, <laughs> faculty, whoever, June 30, 2016, will 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 live forever. Mm-hmm. You know, and if, if people don't know, know what I'm referring to, that's a national championship. Yep. That's the you know the four three win over Arizona when it went to that game three that you know we got rained out the night before and had to play Thursday afternoon on the on the thirtieth and and you know I was out I was out there for that I was on the baseball broadcast I wasn't the lead guy for it but we were you know I was swapping off with a, a guy named Gary Griffith who was who was doing it that year but I got I got the sixth inning of that game <laughs> and that was the inning that was the one right there the sixth inning and uh, you know just winning that and getting on the plane with the guys and the trophy i mean it was just an unbelievable thing a national championship you know that's not something that you know that a lot of a lot of broadcasters get a get a chance to do I, I wish they could i wish every guy in our league could have a chance to do that i mean that's one of the ways i've been so incredibly blessed to be you know to be a part of coastal for all these years that so i've had a part in that you know it was just incredible and then the byu win Absolutely. you know be, beating byu in 2020, how all of that came to fruition. But well, we weren't even supposed to play that much. We had game day there. We were supposed to play Liberty. And then, you know, they couldn't, you know, they, they came down with the COVID and it was like, oh, Lord, we're going to lose all of this. And next thing, you know, the right. was coming to town, you know, and, and that game unfolded the way that it did. And we stopped that kid just short of the goal line. And, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's our signature FBS win. I mean, that's our defining moment. You know, since in my opinion, since we moved up, that or, or maybe the bowl game, the bowl went last year, which is that's a that's a close one too. That's all. That's also up there. You know, the way that we were able to win that bowl game on the last play of the game, stopping mm-hmm. those guys at the four. But uh, yeah, I mean, those. If, if you asked me for one, I kind of gave you. <laughs> I kind of gave you three, but you know, it's. And I can sit here for an hour and a half and just talk to you about great. Oh, moments, I'm sure. I'm sure. Those three would probably be at the top. Oh, absolutely. I mean. You win a national championship, especially at any smaller school. But like to be able to do that is just such an amazing thing. But the two football, yeah, the I two mean, football and, ones. In I mean, and, and, and to think we were one strike away in, in the regional from not even getting out of Rock, right. You know, right. I mean, that's how close that line is. That's how fine a line it is. We were we were down to our last strike, down mm-hmm. run in the ninth inning, and we and we won the game <laughs> and got out of there and then won the super and then went to Omaha and won that. So. That's how great sports is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's what I'm talking about. A script that you just can't figure out. You just, sports writes those kind of scripts. Absolutely. I, and I live very close to Northern Illinois University, and uh, just a, about an hour and a half. And I have a lot of friends who went to NIU and everything. So that that whole that whole week leading up to that game was awesome for me because I'm just sitting here like wearing coastal gear and getting ready to cheer on the shots and everybody around here is like, what, who, who are you? Who is this? And I'm like, just wait, you're going to find out. <laughs> That's funny. They're a good team. I mean, that was a great game. That oh, was a fantastic. great week in Orlando. You know, I went down there and we, we were at universal Orlando and the teams got along great. I mean, and it was, it was, that was a tale of, you know, who was going to get the last stop. Was Absolutely. Win the game. <laughs> yeah. Who was going to get the last stop? And we, Fourth quarter, we held them to a field goal, and we came back and won that thing. And they're driving down at the end, and my stomach is like, you know, you ask me what's fun about being a, a broadcaster. I tell you what's not fun <laughs> when you're watching the other team driving down the field. It's like, oh, can I we know. stop them? You know, and you're just about ready to, oh, and then we did. So, yeah, that was so much fun. That, that was a fun one. <laughs> 
Well, oh yeah. I want to I want to end the rest of the show with talking about uh, the 20th anniversary of coastal football and just uh, like we've kind of talked about. I mean, for a program to start up in 2003 and have the success that Coastal's had is just amazing. There's no question about that, and I don't think anybody you know who is still around today that was at Coastal then could have envisioned where we are now and and this short a period of time and you know get, given the way realignment's going heck we could we can wind up as a power five team here the next 10 minutes and things right. shift in the way they are but i mean in 2003 i mean we're, we're starting out with a bunch of freshmen and redshirt freshmen and a handful of sophomores and a junior or two in there and we go six and five that year and you know, again you know david bennett and joe moglia and jamie chatwell i mean blessed with three incredibly great coaches who won a lot of games you know, with Coach Bennett, we you know, got to the playoffs for the first time. We beat James Madison in 2005, where they were the number one team in the country and the defending champs. Kind of the game that got us on the map, right? And then, you know, we went to the playoffs the next season, and then we went again in 2010. And Joe Moglia comes in in 2012. And uh, going to Montana in 2013 and winning that game was just phenomenal. I mean, uh, unbelievable effort by our kids to go out there in December, and it was minus mm-hmm. five a kickoff to go out there and win a football game. If I ever write a book on coastal football, and I thought about it a few times, I'm going to have one chapter in there. It's just going to be titled "The Montana Game." Yeah, that's all. That's all that needs to be said, right? And we'll, <laughs> we'll go through that. And that was just a, a phenomenal win. And you know, we went to the playoffs again. You know, with a number of times with Coach Mobley, and yeah, you know, a lot of big moments. And then, of course, you know, he hired Jamie come in to be the OC in 2017 and then of course you know unfortunately Coach Mowgli I had to take a medical sabbatical and then Jamie was kind of thrust into you know the the, the interim coaching role in 2017 and you know earlier you asked me about uh, you know having to deal as a broadcaster with you know blowout losses or blowout wins we lost nine games in a row in 2017 our mm-hmm. first FBS season so that was kind of one of those things you just have to have to soldier through but you also knew kind of where we were headed because we got better as the year got on as the year went along and, and then as we got to 2018 coach came back and kind of struggled a little bit and then he retired and then jamie took over in 2019 and we were so close in 2019 we were five and seven again that year but so many games that went down to the wire that you know we, we just couldn't pull out we couldn't you know couldn't come out on top and then of course you know the breakthrough year of 2020 when it didn't even it, it looked like we may not even be playing football right. <laughs> at this time in 2020 you know what was going on but you know for, fortunately you know fortunately people that you know could, could look at the data and make some decisions and had a little bit of discernment said yeah we can go ahead and play some football and i'm glad that we did and we won big that year mm-hmm. won big won you know beat louisiana beat Appalachian state and then you know, beat BYU in that classic, and uh, and then again, you know, last year another eleven win season. So I mean, that's that's nineteen seasons I've run through pretty quickly. But there've been so many great players, great moments, you know, big time games that we've won. And you know, again, you know, having won sixty five percent of our games in nineteen years, there's not there are not a lot of programs out there that can that would be on that list. So yeah, you know, ho- hopefully twenty twenty two will will yield some similar results as you know the last two seasons have and. Yeah, we'll have a we'll have a big twentieth year celebration coming up. Absolutely, and I I gotta I gotta say, listeners, if you don't know Joe Mowgli's story, please Google it. Do whatever you need to do. I mean, 
that that man is an amazing human being. I'll tell you what. <laughs> with how do I say this? So, so when I heard that he was going to be the guy, when we were going to hire him, I, I thought to myself, "Huh." And I think a lot of people did that. Right, right. <laughs> like, what? I had remembered the Sports Illustrated article on him a couple of years earlier. You know, back when I used to get that. Mm-hmm. I read that, and I thought, you know, that's a neat story, and I never thought of anything about it. And then it was it was Matt who told me that, I, you know, we were, gonna, we were going with, with Joe Mowgli as our coach, and I, I, I asked Matt, I said, do you think this could work? And he, he said, yeah, I, I really do. You know, and sure enough, I mean, he assembled the staff, and he got things kind of, you know, Going in the direction that we kind of needed to go in at the time, and, and we won a bunch. We won a bunch of games. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was it was it's an amazing story. He's done so much for our school and university. It's you know, and he's such a good guy too. I mean, and, and kind of getting to know him behind the scenes a little bit too. You know, when I can't when I became the play by play guy and again in fourteen, just kind of getting to sit down and just kind of pick his brain about stuff. I'm mean, not even talking football. Yeah, you know, just talking whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was he, he's such an interesting person. And, I love Coach a lot, really do. I, I, the, then I guess the final question: I could go on and on talking about coastal football. This 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 show could go on for hours, but I guess the last the last one I want to ask about is my favorite player, Grayson McCall. Just how I mean, obviously he's a fantastic football player, but he's a fantastic human being too. I have heard in the spring of 20 that he was probably going to be the guy coming up in the fall. And then when we got to that Kansas game, you could see why right right away. He made a throw early in that game across the field. I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) I I, I looked at Lane Harris, you know, who's who's my analyst, he's my partner, and he's he's been there since game number one. And he and I have seen it all. We kind of looked at each other like, you see that? I mean, that ball rifled across that field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, you, your average guy ain't making that throw. No, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's not making Your average dude ain't making that throw. But Grayson did it. I mean, he, the way he runs that offense, the leadership he gives has just been just fantastic to watch him out there operating this offense. And, you know, I love, love having him in this program for a couple of years. Glad we've got him back this season. I'll right. tell you what, because <laughs> – you know, with everybody that we lost, all the experience that we lost, right. you have a difference maker taking snaps. You can kind of, you can kind of get some other areas figured out. Right. If you got a guy back there taking snaps, you're, you're already going to be a leg up. And mm-hmm. I'm so glad we have him back, and looking forward to to big things from him. And just you know, incredibly blessed that we've had him in our program for the last couple of years. Absolutely. And another throw that comes to mind for me is that one in, from the App State game. Just. There's not very many guys on the planet who can make that throw. I mean, he's drifting to his left, and he just kind of, and I know exactly the throw you're talking about. I mean, he, we got, I think it was Jay Vaughn over there, and he's bracketed. He's got guys above and below him. Mm-hmm. That ball goes right in there. Yeah, I mean, that, that <laughs> like, is just spectacular. Did you just see that? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's just, and, and the way he can climb the pocket and move around and give himself some time, I mean, when he gets, when he hit Cam Brown, you know, and the clock is collapsing, he just kind of, you know, zigged and zagged in there, weaved around a little bit. Next thing you know, Cam comes open. Whoop, there we go, yep. 74 yards. Yep. You know, <laughs> average guy doesn't do that. No, not, not able to at do all. That. 
Well, I really, really appreciate you jumping on. Like I said, I could talk about this for hours, but <laughs> I'm good too. <laughs> I, I, I know the average uh, listening attention span isn't the greatest, so I don't want to go too long with these. <laughs> I, I totally get it. Totally get it. So, again, I thank you so much for coming on, and I, I will definitely be talking with you in the future and everything. Bobby, thanks so much for having me on again. Uh, Check us out on check out our podcast on the Strut Podcast on all the social media platforms and uh, anytime hey we, we want to get you on you want to come join us you, you have an open invitation I, I'm re- ready whenever I'll, I would love to do that all right again thanks to my loyal listeners who uh, always uh, listen to me and like like I said earlier in the show give the Strut a follow and a listen and they they do a tremendous job but again thank you so much everybody for listening have a good night God bless. <laughs>